0: and welcome to episode 258 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... How are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good. Been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? A few things,
1: actually. Uh, I played and finished Lost of Us Part 2. I'm now doing my New Game Plus, which is, for those of you who don't know what New Game Plus is, it's where you take the upgrades and things that you earned throughout your first playthrough, you take that back with you to the start, and then you do the game again. So that you've got the upgrades and all that sort of stuff that that you ended the game with, uh, and you take that with you into your second playthrough, and it means that you can actually complete some of those upgrades because uh, we're we last for part two in their their workbench system and stuff. You can't actually upgrade every single gun in a first run. So, in order for you to do that and oh, okay. get one of the, the, the trophies, I suppose, for that, you have to do a new game plus, which I'm very, very happy to do because I love this game. I've been, you know, tweeting about it and doing podcasts about it and talking about it and, uh, I mean even yesterday I'll I'll give a little example of how kind of deep and thought provoking this game is I suppose one of the sections in the game where you're in Seattle and you are playing as Ellie and you've got Dina with you Uh, she's one of the new characters for the game Uh, Seattle is like one of the really big parts of the game and it sort of encourages you to explore a bit more and with the first playthrough I did look around for stuff I mean you do really need to because you'll need every bullet you can get you'll need every Molotov or every weapon that you can get so it's you're definitely going to want to look around but there's looking around and then there's looking in like you know every sort of corner yeah and uh, I spent a good 45 minutes yesterday just going through uh, this open part of Seattle and all these different buildings and the amount of side stuff that they put in the game to where like you didn't even need to put it in the game but from them putting some of these side pieces in the game it just elevates the whole experience because Ellie and Dina will start kind of talking about the past and about these other little things that happened and it just gives more depth to the story and there's this particular a bit you go into this music shop obviously it's abandoned and destroyed there's this little drum set that's just sort of been left there and uh, they joke about like oh we got loads of people back home we could make a makeshift band and they just start having (laughs) this little conversation and the conversation doesn't really mean anything for the story but it adds to the characters and that's kind of history and stuff and uh, it triggers this entire cutscene where they talk about again like the past and these different things that (laughs) happened and uh, the main story itself is deep and thought provoking enough but you find these little side pieces is then you trigger like entire cutscenes that you could mm. you could miss and it's really <laughs> like blowing my mind at the amount of stuff that I found in this game and the amount of just depth and art and, and detail and the, the animation for this game is on a level I haven't really seen from a game before the amount of little things they bothered to put into this game which they never needed to yeah. just make it, it just uplift the entire experience so much and uh, yeah I've, I loved it it was brilliant it's, it's an experience that uh, I won't forget anytime soon
0: yeah so, I've yet to get to it yet I will do at some point it will be one that I play because I really mm-hmm. love the first one but um, you know I'm terrible at actually getting off my PC and going to play on the PlayStation <laughs> yeah. so so yeah, yeah. I, I will yeah.
1: go and do it at some point it's, it's a really really brilliant experience uh, that's Last of Us 2 Dateless is a limited series that came out I think very very recently it's got uh, Yvonne Strahovski from Hammits Tale oh, 24 yeah. I think she was in Dexter Some one of those yes. others not Dexter um, Chuck
0: is it? yes she, she was, was definitely in, in Chuck like
1: a, as well. wasn't she Dexter as well she was definitely in Chuck she might have been in both of them I'm not sure but I know mm-hmm. she was in 24 as, as Kate and uh, Handmaid's Tell she plays as a character called Sophie in here and um I'm trying to think of a way I can explain what this show is without kind of going into too many spoilers. It's about border control and refugees and asylum seekers and that sort of stuff. And it is based on real events as well. Hmm. I finished it last night, six episodes. They're around about an hour each. I think a couple of the episodes are a little bit shorter. This is really something special, this show. I finished it last night and uh, not to use the same words over and over again, but deep thought provoking are two words I can think of. Uh, Certainly very, very emotional, very heartbreaking in certain points when you're dealing with characters that are looking for visas and trying to find freedom, which is one of the biggest themes of the show. You see certain people when they get things rejected, such as their applications for visas or certain things go wrong. And there's certain scenes to where like characters are being pulled out of their bunkers and being like deported and things like that. And then there's other characters that do find their freedom. And it particularly goes into because Yvonne herself plays as this character called Sophie and she goes on quite the mental and emotional journey. You can sort of really see some differences from where she was in episode one to where she is in episode six. There's children involved because it doesn't obviously shy away from those sorts of things because they're not exempt from the the Mm -hmm. whole thing, you know, because they do still have to have visas and it it dives into that stuff and the immense and the emotional toll that can sort of take on people so it's it's definitely not an easy show to watch but it's definitely something that quite emotional and uh all those sorts of feelings have oh. you seen
0: any of this sort? i i haven't no but it is one that i'll go and look up the cast is really good it was apparently created yeah. by Kate blanchett who is also in it as well dominic west jai courtney's in there it looks really quite interesting and to say it's only six episodes so i'll stick that on my list on netflix But um, that's one that appeals to me. I'll go and have a look at that. It's
1: one of those situations where it kind of opens your eyes up to how bad the situations are. And even like the guards that work there, what it does to them emotionally. And uh, Hmm. yeah, all those sorts of feelings. So. I watched a couple of Disney films because Disney Plus is, is a thing that we all yes. use. Uh, I am going to be switching it off at the end of the month though, because I'm not, re- other than watching a couple of films and I'm not really using it yeah, yeah, a whole enough. lot. And, and there isn't like, you know, their, their next yeah. sort of Star Wars or Marvel show isn't anywhere in sight, really. Uh, I know Mandalorian is supposed to be in October, but that's in October. So yes. uh, obviously when the next like, whether it's Falcon Winter Soldier or Mandalorian season two, I'll obviously switch it back on and uh, start watching from there. But other than like Frozen 2 behind the scenes and Mandalorian behind the scenes there's not much new stuff in terms no. of uh, things like that but the two disney films that i did watch was big hero 6 and uh, zootropolis i think i liked big hero 6 more it's got this kind of young superhero kind of andrew ambu- yes. to it I thought the story was quite good i thought well obviously the, the animation and the production quality is always good these days with mm-hmm. uh, any disney property because that's not something they've struggled with for a long time but it's funny because i was watching big hero 6 and then once they start getting into the i won't get into spoilers but more of the superhero stuff later, I was yeah. like, oh, this could be kind of a cool Disney series in some sort of way. And then I finished the film
0: and, and then series. it comes
1: out with, yeah, yeah, TV series. I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to watch that next. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I, I can get through some of that before uh, the end yeah. of the month.
0: Baymax, which is is the big sort of robot friend character that he has in it. The yeah. amount of people, the amount of times that I've been to a comic con and there's been somebody cosplaying as that in a giant inflatable suit. <laughs> it, it's just brilliant. And you get all these little kids running up to them and hugging them. Them. It's just beautiful. It's one of my favourite cosplays to see there because it's such a beloved character. That
1: yeah, no, I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. I don't know if they're doing like a, another one or if they're still doing a couple of the shows or or something. Uh, there was a couple of I think there's some Disney shorts on there, but uh, yeah, no, I quite enjoyed that a lot. And uh, I won't spoil what it is, but there's a really really cool cameo in there as well from uh, a certain someone.
0: Mm. so have you seen it do you know who I'm talking about uh, I've tried to remember but yes I have definitely seen it it is it is a great film it's really fun I thoroughly enjoyed that the other one you watched Zootopia I haven't seen Zootropolis yeah uh, depends Uh, which side yes depends which side of you the Atlantic you're on because it was Zootropolis in the UK Zootopia in everywhere else I think oh okay I didn't know that I just
1: saw it as written as Zootropolis yeah I thought that was another another good film it's um, this bunny who's trying to become a policewoman that's like, never happened before in this world, and she goes on this kind of journey of you know trying to become a policewoman and the rough kind of time she has with that, but then obviously, you know, succeeds in some way, shape, or form later. Uh, and then there's this fox character that gets kind of introduced, and then they have to work together. And uh, there's some really good set pieces in there as well. There's one particularly good one with a train that I quite enjoyed, and um, there's this other set piece where the bunny character is chasing this criminal through this like little animal city. I don't really yes. have like like they're really like small animals and stuff right? Yeah, and uh, that creates for another good sort of set piece as well but no that's that's one that I enjoyed as well so I thought that was
0: good yeah that is one that I keep on meaning to go watch and just haven't got to it yet but I will sit down and watch that at some point because I really like the
1: idea of it the other series I finished Reality Z which is a Brazilian remake of Dead Set I think I talked about Dead Set before on Geek Town a a few months ago that's obviously the Davina McCall Channel 4 uh, style of Big Brother not the Channel 5 style of one this is a Brazilian one uh, it's actually called olympus instead of big brother but it's the it's the same kind yeah. of game show type of thing it, it's, um, ba- it's
0: basically big brother with zombies but obviously it's a drama rather than a reality tv show but that's the setup of it isn't it yeah yeah the
1: interesting thing with this well first of all it's it's longer because dead set the channel 4 dead set series was six yeah. episodes yeah. i think about 20 something minutes this show is 10 episodes and they're about 30 minutes so it, it is a bit longer and you get to a certain point in the series where you realize mostly beat for beat they're they're remaking the uh, Dead Set show Um, and then it gets to a certain point where things kind of change and there's almost this extension of a story right the weird thing is with this I think the actual remake parts of Reality Z are not that great it's sort of once they actually get into the the second half of the season because you get to to the end of the the Dead Set sort of storyline roughly in the middle so roughly after about the same amount of episodes I think it's five or six episodes it's once you get into that second half and things actually change quite a bit and you get introduced to some new characters and stuff. The funny thing is as well the characters that are introduced in the second half I connected with so much better than the ones in the first half. (laughs) I don't know what it was necessarily. Um, There's like this Brazilian version of Davina and she's actually called Davina in the show as well. I don't know if she's (laughs) supposed to be like exactly the same or I I don't know but yeah she's obviously like the the host of Olympus and all that and they call her Davina in the show as well. It's a funny one because it's almost like if you kind of had taken out the first part the part that you didn't really do was great and then just done maybe the second part just right. on it maybe it would have been even even better but uh yeah I,
0: I did quite enjoy it in the end the last couple of episodes are really really good apparently the character is called davina mccall according to the casting list and yeah. the woman that plays it was a contestant on big brother brazil so <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah, so it all gets very better but yeah, uh, yeah that's cool. that's fun that's fun mm. i like that yeah. the original dead set of course was one of charlie brooker's things i'd uh, very much beloved that as well yeah that was a
1: interesting experience but one i definitely still enjoyed and then definitely something that was a weird experience uh, as community Uh, I finally finished I know I've talked about it a couple of times on Geek Town this is a really weird one because I remember when I think I came on Geek Town this must have been a couple of months ago maybe and I was starting season four they go into that season they do the weird premiere episode with that and then things kind of get back to normal immediately after yeah the place you kind of get into when you finish season six the show becomes a sort of meta version of itself yes because like they reference themselves in the show and then they reference Reference the fact that they're referencing themselves, and it gets so meta by the end that it's not like good or bad necessarily. It's, it's just, just this really weird experience. Yeah. Even like I won't like go into spoilers or whatever. Even the very very final scene is this really weird meta kind of just just really strange experience. <laughs> but o- overall, this is still a show I'd recommend. Just prepared for in some of the later seasons for things to get a bit weird, and uh it is on Netflix now, and it's also on all four if you want to watch that. So cool. um, yeah, I've had some experiences. How about yes. <laughs>
0: Well, um, my main gaming experience has been a game called Green Hell, which is one of those plane crashes on island. You then have to build stuff to try and get yourself off the island things. It's really nicely put together. I think it's out of early access now, but they are still producing updates for it and stuff and adding bits and pieces in by the looks of things. It's got more of a plot than some of these games have. There is a story mode. There is also a free play mode. I I think there's a multiplayer mode as well, so you could actually kind of build stuff with other people. You can also tinker with the settings to be able to like make the animals less aggressive and not have the local natives come chasing after you, which can be quite annoying. So you can turn that off if you want as well for the uh for the all the various playthroughs. But um the story is actually pretty decent. I played through the uh, whole storyline for it, and the mechanics of the sort of building I think work really well. If you ever played something like Subnautica or something like that which is obviously a similar kind of idea of you know in that case you're dumped in a water world and have to survive in this case it's an island which you're dumped on and have to survive and try and find a way to escape but yeah I really like the the story it's got some slightly strange bits in it and uh, oddly prescient in the times we're living in as well works really well so um, yeah I thoroughly enjoyed that I I would definitely recommend if you like those sort of survival horror type things it is one of the ones that i would i would certainly recommend if you're looking for that sort of game there's another one i played through called the forest a while back which is a similar kind of setup of playing crashes on island you've got to build things to survive sort of thing again that also has a pretty decent story as well but uh they're they're very similar in kind of tone and and level to it and i don't think i particularly enjoyed one over the other i think they're very similar sort of games green hell definitely will One that I would go and look at if you like those sort of survival games. And as I say, if you don't like getting bombarded by every little thing that could kill you, because you know you could accidentally tread on a scorpion or something like that, if you want to avoid some of those sort of things, you can tone down all those things in the settings before you start playing as well. In terms of TV, I've started watching Hannah, which I know the second season has just come out, but for some reason it was one of those that I didn't quite get to the first time around. and I've started on the first season of it. It opens with a guy who is seemingly rescuing this woman and baby from some sort of facility. We don't know exactly what's gone on at the facility but clearly it's something nefarious. It ends up with the guy and the daughter hiding out in the woods while she grows up into a teen and that's where the majority of the story takes place and gets to for plot reasons they end up having to leave those woods and it's her out in the real world and it turns out that he's basically been training her for something and she's relatively kick-ass and has quite a lot of abilities there are these people chasing her um i've tried to do this without giving away too much of the plot um yeah I know what you mean. She's sort of trying to escape these people that are chasing her with her father but they get separated so that's the sort of basic gist of the story is this child on the run and trying to find her father again. I'm about halfway through the first season at the moment but it's one of those that I'm kind of binging through a couple of episodes a night right now. Really, really enjoyed it. One of the reasons I started watching it is because it's written by uh, David Farr which I hadn't realised and David Farr wrote on Spooks, and he wrote Outcast. He wrote what some of the Electric dream series, and uh, he wrote The Night Manager as well. It's like, yeah oh, I didn't realise that was him. Oh, maybe I'll go and have a look at that, and let's go watch that series. It's one of those that I kind of had on my list for ages, and thought I will get to that at some point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's <clears> but it's it's thoroughly worth watching. It's really enjoyable. It's a very solid drama, and I'm really enjoying watching through that. So uh that is one I definitely recommend. I loved the
1: first season of Hannah. I thought it was brilliant. Um, um, I watched it a little bit later, but to be fair with the first season, I didn't realize it was actually a show until I found the first season. I think it was some, some point maybe last year or so I was at the cinema, which used to be fun to do. Uh, well, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, m- I remember there was a period of about a month or so where uh, at the cinema, they kept showing Amazon trailers for different stuff. And one yeah. of those was, was Hannah. I was like, huh, that looks like something kind of in that action kind of yeah. genre that I really like that sort of Jack Ryan 24 type, you know, that type of yeah. genre of show. And I'm like, huh, this looks like something that's really up my alley and then I went home and and uh watched it and really 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 enjoyed it uh, there's some action scenes in the later in the season that I think you'll really really enjoy where things just take off dramatically but uh yeah the second season's out I haven't quite gotten to it yet yeah uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of finish off what I'm watching with Disney plus and then uh right, right. I'm gonna go and watch watch some of that stuff if
0: I had one slight niggle with it it would be that in the first sort of four or five episodes you only get tiny glimpses of the kind of action and they're spectacular when they happen but it's like very short bursts of it and it sort of goes back to her being on the run again which makes sense for the plot rise but you do like think oh I'd love to see a bit more of that so um, yeah I'm looking forward to, to seeing where they go with it for the rest of the uh, the first season and the second season so thoroughly enjoying that I finished Unsolved Mysteries because I was about halfway through that when I talked about it last week it is basically what it says on the title it is a book bunch of unsolved mysteries they're true crime dramas in for the most part in a lot of cases actually it's murders where they either haven't managed to pin the murder on something although it is pretty obvious who probably did the deed in the first place in some cases it's people just having gone missing and they don't know what happened there is a really interesting one which is about the Berkshire UFOs Uh, this is Berkshire in the US not the UK that is really fascinating because It's a story from 67, I think, 1967. It was an incident of supposed alien abduction, but it involved one night across an entire county. It was a whole bunch of different people. Nobody knew each other. Because with a lot of alien abduction stories, it's like one or two people together, and you can sort of write it off as maybe they made it up. Or, you know, if they see something weird in the sky, you can say, okay, well, you know, weather balloon or swamp gas or whatever. Whatever else. But this was essentially a couple of villages that all saw the same thing across this large stretch of this one county. And they all saw weird events happening over the same night. And they all had similar experiences. So it's very difficult to explain exactly what happened. And I found that one quite fascinating. Because it's one of those that's extremely difficult as a UFO encounter to write off as something else. explain as something else Um, and and that's not to say that it couldn't be you know I mean like I think everybody I'm somewhat skeptical of this sort of stuff but it is a really interesting one because it is quite difficult to explain that away as being oh it's you know it's this or it's one particular thing because so many people saw it so uh, yeah I found that one quite interesting I quite like the fact that they've just slotted this kind of alien abduction thing into this kind of true crime series of all these other disappearances and stuff really enjoyed that Unsolved Mysteries series series there is six episodes up i think at the moment they're planning on dropping another six later on in the year that's one to look out for and that's on netflix roswell new mexico i'm still really enjoying they've just started season two of that which uh, takes it into a sort of interesting direction i'm having quite good fun with that
1: is that good i've not managed to check out the first season yet I've, i actually forgot that that
0: came out i actually think it is worth watching it's fairly easily watchable reasonably solid well written <laughs> nice easily watchable sci-fi cd W drama. I mean, I one of those things that I can sit down and watch in the evening, and it's not like too taxing, and it's fun, and the characters great, and I I just really enjoying it. That's on season two now on ITV two, and uh, definitely one worth watching. I think that the other thing i watched was a couple of episodes of bbc's seven worlds one planet the reason i was watching these is because i interviewed bertie gregory who is cameraman and cinematographer on that show uh seven worlds one planet is one of those huge big david attenborough nature documentaries where they look at seven different continents and there's like you know south america north america antarctica they do one in europe and and that sort of thing so i got to chat to bertie gregory about working on that sort of show because i obviously normally when we talk to cinematographers it's like one or two cinematographers that are on a set or a particular filming location for a drama for a set period and of course this is very different to that so that was a really fascinating interview these shows themselves it's one of those things that i kind of don't watch that many nature documentaries but when i sit down and watch one of those i'm like why don't i watch more of these these are really (laughs) good and the seven worlds world planet one is fascinating they've got some stuff particularly. particularly in the Antarctica episode which opens the series there are some things in there which are just spectacular and some stuff that throughout the series that's never before been caught on camera there's an amazing sequence with some whales in the Antarctic episode as well I thought it was beautiful stunning really interesting chatting with Bertie was great that will be going up later on this week so you'll be able to uh, hear that when that goes out on the behind the scenes podcast but um, yeah definitely one worth watching all the episodes of that are up on iPlayer right now as well so you can go and catch it on iPlayer if you want to go and watch that that's all the stuff we've been doing for the last seven days let's go and move on to some tv and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about So, TV and film news, there's been a lot of movement in terms of the renewals, cancellations, and pickups this week. In terms of renewals, BBC have renewed Guilt, which was an award winning dark comedy uh co-made with BBC Scotland, I think. So uh, it was the first commission by BBC Scotland. That's been renewed for a second season. So uh, if you like the first season of that, I didn't see it, but I'm told it was very good. Uh but that's Guilt, that's been renewed for a second season. Ramy, which is the Hulu series, that's been renewed. For for a third season that is, airs on Star's Play in the UK. Netflix had a bunch of renewals as well. Um, one of them, not so much a renewal as a return to what they originally planned to do. The Crown is going to be airing six seasons, not five. Peter Morgan, who's the guy that created the series, came out in January and said he was actually gonna do five series because it had been originally planned to be six. And then he said, when I started look at the stories, I thought it'd be five. And then when they actually started to break the stories, he'd actually come back and gone actually there's so much in here I think I'll go back to doing six so um, it's going to be six seasons again which I'm very happy about he's basically said they're not covering any further time than they were originally planning to cover so it's still going to end in the same place that it was planning to end it's just they're going to take two seasons rather than one to get over that last bit I'm very happy for that coming back they've only aired three seasons so far so season four hopefully is coming at the end of the year they have filmed it one
1: of the interesting things on suppose about that they cover one lot of characters for two seasons each don't they so when I remember I remember when they said about ending it was season five because I I think I was on that podcast with you when you talked Mm. about they decided to do five seasons instead of six I remember kind of thinking okay maybe we'll just get a shorter version of the last lot of characters with the story yeah
0: that was originally the plan uh, that they were going to change the cast for the fifth season and they would just do one season but now that cast is doing two they have announced a couple of cast members for that so Imelda Staunton is taking over as the Queen and uh, Leslie Manville is taking over as Princess Margaret for those final two seasons. So, um, cool. That's good. I'm glad that they've kind of gone back to the original plan of uh, six seasons for that. So, that's still got, yeah, half of its runs still yeah, to go, isn't it? Yeah. Four I mean, uh, season four, they did, which hopefully is coming at the end of the year. They did actually manage to complete filming on that before the lockdown dropped in. Um, cool. so they just managed to, like, literally the day before the lockdown, they, they, finish shooting it so hopefully that will end up coming in its normal slot which is usually november december we don't know for a fact but but it seems that they are probably going to be able to fit it into its normal slot it probably means the next season where it might be a bit delayed but certainly season four will be in its normal slot hopefully there's that coming to netflix they've also renewed the saxon drama last kingdom for a fifth season which is interesting because i mean netflix making five seasons of anything at this point is quite rare but but uh, although the first yeah. couple of seasons of those were co-productions with the BBC, so you know maybe that's the reason why they've got up to five seasons. But um, it's one of those shows that I kind of think that I probably quite enjoy if I went to watch it, but I just haven't got right to it yet. So yeah.
1: um, I'd like if they renewed The Kingdom as well, yes. not just The Last Kingdom. The Kingdoms that Korean, the I think Korean one, yeah. uh, zombie show so which ended in a really cool place for season two so um, fingers crossed
0: we'll see uh but yes so five seasons of the last kingdom or fifth season of the last kingdom that is coming they've renewed dead to me as well for a third and final season which i i think is fine Um, that makes sense yeah i i I think there is only so many times you can kind of do that story because there were a few bits of the second season which was brilliant but they were kind of replaying some of the stuff from the first season in a slightly different order so i think you can only do that so much so I, i'm okay with it being the third and final season i think it's a solid comedy it's incredibly funny it's really watchable i really enjoyed the first couple of seasons but i think three seasons is a perfect place to end that i'm very happy about that i know you love this as well
1: yeah as soon as i saw third and final i thought yeah that makes sense you give it another what eight episodes or so yeah Which is four hours roughly for the final piece of the story i think you can definitely uh wrap it up with that so and hopefully it'll be a good ending to the show Uh, I do agree with season two they were sort of edging closer to that line of like okay what you could and couldn't get away with but I still thought they managed to uh, pull it off really well It was
0: really enjoyable the second season and uh, it's just a really good cast well written entertaining very dark comedy uh, worth going to watch so I'm glad they're kind of not pushing it too far and they've got a third season to wrap things up because it did end on a bit of a cliffhanger that second season So and then Stargirl the DC series which is going to be air on Amazon in the UK in August. That has been renewed for a second season in the US, but not on DC Universe where it started. It's been renewed as a CW original series. So it's going to be airing purely on CW in the US, not on DC Universe. It seems DC Universe, the US streaming service, is starting to move away from certainly the live action stuff. Like the only thing they've got left at this point is Titans that's completely exclusive. Because doom patrol and the other shows have moved on to HBO max so yeah, you can watch I,
1: them in different places no? yeah
0: hopefully that doesn't make any difference in terms of the production and stuff it was already a blanty series whether that means that it's going to get folded directly into our now we don't know if it does that's going to be another headache for the british people because as we know batwoman is on channel four and uh then you've got like the rest of the arrowverse on sky one you've got black Lightning Lightning on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. so they're all over the place in the so UK. that
1: would be three different places to watch the because you'd have all the others on Skype and then yeah you've got Batwoman on Channel 4 or E4 which hasn't worked out very well yes. and then you've got Stargirl on, on Amazon it's bad enough with the other DC Universe shows that are already all in different places because you've got Doom Patrol on Stars, you've got Harley Quinn on E4 you've got um, Swamp Thing on Amazon and you've got Titans on Netflix Yeah, I think there's some other ones so. I mean
0: it's fine for me I don't mind it so much so long as they not crossing over with each other and that that's where you get a problem
1: right yeah. and then you yeah schedule mix-ups and yeah. things like that
0: talking of e4 actually one of the things they have said is they have confirmed they will definitely not be broadcasting the seventh season of agents of shield so that means oh. the final season will not be coming on to e4 which sucks um i don't know for a fact the reason behind this but i rather suspect it's to do with the fact that they got hit very hard by the pandemic. and and they had to chop a large amount of money off their budget. Couple that with the fact that I get the distinct impression Disney are playing hardball with some of their shows, and I think they've probably either raised their prices or making them more difficult to acquire. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with some more of the uh, imports moving forward. We don't know what's going to happen with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It may end up going on to Disney Plus directly, that's one possibility although Disney Plus doesn't even have season six on there and the reason for that is because the streaming rights were already sold to Amazon by the looks of things because Amazon does have all six seasons on Amazon Prime
1: that's really weird that the place that comes from Disney is not on that service but it's on a different one with Amazon Um, but but
0: if Amazon already had the streaming rights when it was launched they will have an exclusion on it for X amount of months so it will come onto disney plus at some point the question then becomes what are the rights for for the 7th season Is it a case of Amazon have first refusal rights on the seventh season, in which case it may end up there, or it could be that Disney can just say no, we're keeping it for ourselves, and once they put the sixth season on, they'll put the seventh season on immediately. I mean, we honestly don't know at the moment. I have been asking around to see if I can get some more information out of them, but uh, I've not heard back anything yet. So we don't know right now what will happen with that. Hopefully, we hear something soon. Do you have any updates about the hundred on E4? No. one that hasn't and arrived yet that is so. another one that's slightly worrying because if they are having financial trouble across the whole of channel four but you know particularly for as well which is a fairly low budget channel then that may be another one that bites the dust as well but we haven't heard anything yet it could have been one of those situations where they're looking at either or you know it may have been a case of well the price of agent shield went up but they can get the 100 for cheaper so maybe they picked up the 100 instead of agent of shield it could be that they've not gone for either of them and i honestly don't know at the moment we've had no news on on that at all we'll have to wait and see uh if we get more news i will no doubt post about it on the website at some point so agents of shield season seven will not be coming to e4 hopefully it pops up somewhere else but we don't know yet in terms of other cancellations, HBO have cancelled Run after one season. Now, I didn't finish watching this, but you said it kind of rounded itself up anyway, so that was fine.
1: Yeah, I was in a position where I kind of thought, like, okay, you could do a season two, but, like, also if you don't do one, I'm kind of happy with where it left. Yeah. There, there, there were certainly directions it could have gone for season two. I'm not saying it's like a, you know, shut book kind of case, but yeah. I saw the news it was kind of cancelled. I was like, oh, okay, that I'm not, like, bothered too much about that. Because right. there's, it's like, not- some answers you did definitively get and one or two that you sort of didn't but you can kind of come up with your own interpretation of a right, little bit. Yeah. It's not like oh you know they haven't got a second season and, and it's terrible but uh, I mean I would have watched the second season obviously you know Merrick Weaver and uh, Domhnall Gleason were really great and stuff but yeah I kind of I, I went online and saw everyone like freaking out that it was cancelled and I was like oh I was kind of relatively happy with the first season where, yeah. where it left off so
0: I don't know. I think as long as the first season rounds off in a reasonable enough way yeah. which you I, know, yes, I feel like it shame, did. Some
1: people, some people didn't but I, thought, okay. I felt like if. It did
0: one thing that is coming to an end as well the chilling adventures of sabrina netflix have cancelled that after the upcoming part four which i think technically is actually season two so season two part two but yes it, it's, it's known as part four so we are kind of stop doing the, parts just call it season yes, you know yeah, yeah it gets very confusing
1: they uh, did that with um. what was that Melissa Joan Hart show that I watched I know the one you about mean that, about the, that young the girl.
0: girl about the young girl yes they've done it with a few things the ranch no did nick, the same that was it. no good nick yeah. and then the ranch did the same thing as well yeah with parts um, yeah so uh, yeah I don't know it's annoying I don't know why they do that but uh, yeah so the fourth part which is coming later this year is uh, going to be the last part of it it is cancelled it wasn't something that they ended so hopefully they've managed to round it off into a reasonable way they had been talking about a part five which apparently they've posted some stuff out since that was going to have a crossover with Riverdale as if that show couldn't get any weirder than it was when <laughs> I last listened but um, <laughs> how on earth that would have worked I don't know but
1: I can't see a situation where that works out
0: no uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean they're on two different networks in the us as well although riverdale does have second run rights on netflix or certainly did yeah i think on netflix yeah. in the us so i mean i guess but yeah anyway yes apparently they were talking about actually doing the crossover the long-awaited crossover between sabrina and riverdale but that's now sadly not to be by the looks of things so uh, yes that has happened and uh, in terms of pickups and advanced air dates Prodigal Son has had its air date confirmed on Sky One and Now TV we mentioned that this was potentially what it was going to be but they have actually come out and confirmed that Prodigal Son is coming on the 28th of July that's a Tuesday that is arriving on uh, Sky One and Now TV so that'll be one to look out for cool. I'm very much looking forward to that it'd be good to see him
1: come back on screen what was the actor's name? it's Tom Payne Tom Payne. i should remember that because he was on the walking dead yes so. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah yeah tom Payne and michael sheen are the leads in that and tom played jesus in the walking dead and michael sheen is well michael sheen so uh, i'm very much looking forward to that i think it looks like a great great show and i know there's a lot of people very much looking out for that the one and only season of katie keen which is the other riverdale spin-off ish that is apparently coming to bbc iPlayer. that's on the 25th of july which is a saturday they've picked up the once season of that which is an interesting place for it to randomly end up rather than netflix picking it up but uh yeah. it's there it's going to be there if you want to watch the one season of that don't get attached because it's not coming back as far as we know at the moment they, <laughs> they were yeah, yeah they they were trying to push it around to some other people but um i don't think it's going to get picked up by anybody else unless netflix decide to pick it up but given that they've just cancelled sabrina i find that unlikely so we'll see but uh yes it has got one season and uh Um, it's an odd one that CW cancelled that because it actually had better ratings than some of the other shows. Maybe it was more expensive to produce. I don't know. Possibly, Uh, yeah. It's a weird one that, but yes, it won't be coming back until it only has one season.
1: I think that's a word to describe that franchise weird.
0: Yes, the whole (laughs) thing's a bit odd. All 4 has picked up all six seasons of Justified, the uh, cop drama thing that is going to be airing later in 2020 we don't know exactly when is that the timothy oliphant yes
1: So cool yeah i've heard heard a lot of good things for for quite some time about that
0: yeah it's been sort of floating around on various different platforms and stuff. It's been on Amazon for a while.
1: Yeah. So
0: uh, so it is sort of out there, but it means that if you have not got any of those other services, all four have picked it up and all six seasons are coming at some point later in 2020. And uh, Sky have also signed a new long-term deal with Sony Pictures Television, which secures the future of shows such as The Blacklist, The Good Doctor and SWAT, but also brings to Sky Witness a new legal drama called For Life, which stars Nicholas Pinnock, who um, would brilliant counterpart and he was also in Mochella as well. It's a fictionalised serial legal drama about a prisoner who becomes a lawyer litigating for cases for other inmates while fighting to overturn his own conviction as well. It is based on the life of a guy called Isaac Wright Jr. who actually did this. I think it's a really interesting sounding idea. I think Nicholas Pinnock is a fabulous, fabulous actor. So um, yeah, I'm really interested to see this. We don't know exactly when it's going to premiere and it has already been renewed for a second season by abc who air it in the us as well so uh, it will be coming to sky witness at some point and that's called for life so um yeah i like legal dramas and i think that sounds like it could be quite a good one Moving on to other news, there's uh, a couple of bat news stories this week. The first one being that uh, Batwoman has found its lead for the second season, uh, and uh, it's an interesting one. It's Javicia Leslie, who is going to be playing this new character called Ryan Wilder, who is described as likeable, messy, a little goofy and untamed. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, the woman that wore the bat suit before her. With no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years, as a drug runner dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. A girl who would steal milk from an alley cat and could kill you with her bare hands. She's the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined, an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. She commented saying, I'm extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television and as a bisexual woman, I'm honoured to join the groundbreaking show which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. I don't know her at all. She's been in a CBS show called God Friended Me, which never aired over here. She was also on a show called The Family Business as well, which hasn't aired over here either. She did pop up in a couple of episodes of MacGyver, apparently. But yeah, don't know her at all. It is a really interesting thing that they've decided to do with this because the problem always was going to be the moment Ruby Rose said she was going to leave this role, you had an issue because nobody really in the main continuity in the comic books has played Batwoman other than Kate Kane. There have been a few people that have popped up in sort of alt history versions or happened to have worn it for an episode, or there are, there are older versions like the Silver Age Kathy Kane and Betty Kane as well, which is a, is a possible way you could have gone. But they've decided to go for this co- what appears to be a completely original character, which is an interesting choice. I mean, it, it's not completely unprecedented. I mean, people forget that Harley Quinn wasn't a comic book character when she was first introduced in the uh, animated, uh, that, uh,
1: animated series. Yeah.
0: yeah, So, interesting. Yeah, I mean, just just
1: from kind of day one, I thought like, okay, they'll just recast Kate Kane and kind of continue with the story, which to to me I thought was possibly the easier option, but obviously they've gone for a new character. In a certain way, I think this could be one of the steps that is needed to potentially refresh mm. this show I think as long as you've still got um, I think it's Rachel Scarsden as uh, Alice, Alice or Beth she's still like a really big driving force for the series and things I'm curious to, to see how because one of, one of the really big things obviously about the series is that that is uh, Kate's sister yeah. and if you take Kate out of the show and input this new Batwoman in what does that kind of do to that relationship because that was a really really big thing for the first season Um, but yeah I, I, I still just do kind of have the question about like why did you need a new character it'd be interesting to see how they kind of um, pass the mantle so to speak or how they kind of do that or if you'll see Ruby in one last scene or if it's just a case that she comes in and, and yeah. uh, Kate's gone for some reason um, I mean they've been sp- explaining why Bruce isn't there for, for years and not, not having him on screen hmm. um, I'm most curious about okay what does this do to the main you know sister relationship of the show
0: well yeah I mean this is the thing the entire first season was set up around the family relationship relationships of Kate Kane you know Alice the relationship there you've got her father who runs the Crows there's a relationship there you've got her ex girlfriend who is working for the Crows so there's mm-hmm. a relationship there even the side characters like Luke Fox who is son of Lucius Fox has a connection to the Kane family through Bruce so yeah there's the, a lot there. The Pennyworth daughter as well who's first name I've me but the, the Pennyworth daughter who shows up again there is a connection there to kate so it's odd this decision it basically soft reboots the entire thing for the second season which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's sort of interesting considering how much of that first season was so built around that relationship that kate had with every other character in the show Uh, Mm -hmm. and now you're just dumping this outsider in the middle of it so yeah i mean it's an intriguing idea um and also. So to, to go with somebody who is not at all a character in the comic books for a main lead you know we've seen it done with side characters a lot they've repeatedly done that on the tv shows as i say you know harlequin was is probably the most famous one but then felicity on arrow wasn't a person that was in there neither was diggle you know neither of those characters were characters from the comic books even going back as far as smallville there were characters in there that weren't part of the original canon. So they've done this quite a lot, but it's mainly with the side characters. It's not normally been with lead characters. It's an interesting choice. And it's going to be intriguing to see how well it runs but presumably she's got something about her that you know they saw i i used to say i don't know her as an actress at all so i can't really comment on whether she's a good choice for the role or a bad choice for the role or, or or what i mean i'm very intrigued to see i just i do find it really interesting that rather than just go to a straight recast which would have been the obvious way to do it replacing her with an entirely unknown character is is intriguing so we'll see where it goes yeah in terms of the herself, I haven't heard of her
1: either. But you know, if she comes in and does a good job, then that'll be great. That's what yeah. we want to happen. Yeah, so. absolutely
0: you know yeah having said all that stuff about yeah financial troubles at e4 and channel 4 earlier I, that does make me wonder whether they might relinquish the second season of batwoman and let sky have it because that would be one way of saving money and not upsetting fans and making fans quite happy actually of yeah, doing the having, right thing, having
1: and, a good schedule yeah is something that you want when you've got five or six shows that are tied into the same universe
0: yeah so yeah, you want so, that to line up yeah you never know it may be one that they decide to let go moving forward i mean given that all the flack they got for how they treated this season they may decide it's not worth the effort and then hopefully that means sky can then pick it up but uh, i don't know at the moment they've not set up one way or another whether they're going to be running season two or not but we'll have to mm-hmm. wait and see that will possibly be in january
1: second season if um, yes so well will.
0: it will it should in theory the plan is at the moment all the cw shows which would usually start in the u.s in september october are going to be starting january february that is the idea they basically move their entire new season to January, February. so That's going to be uh, weird. But, yeah, going yeah, to be strange that that is the situation we're in right now. In terms of new shows, Fox announced their pilots. They're the latest one to announce the bunch of their pilots. A few interesting ideas, nothing particularly genre-y in here, but uh, a couple of interesting things that we have mentioned previously. These are six pilots that they are planning to film. Rather than booting any of them to the next season, which is what a lot of the other networks have done, Fox have basically said, yes, we're going to film all six. This is in addition to the shows that they've picked up and they've only picked up two at the moment. One is uh, Call Me Cat, which is a US remake of Miranda starring Mayim Bialik from Big Bang Theory. And uh, the other one is an animated comedy called Housebroken, which explores human dysfunction and neurosis through a group of neighborhood animals that are living in the suburbs, which I really like the sound of. It, it sounds like it could be quite a fun animated series. So those two are definitely coming. They've been ordered to series. The pilots, uh, one of them we mentioned previously, is called The Cleaning Lady. This is based on an Argentine series. It stars Elodie Young, who was Elektra in the Netflix Marvel Daredevil series. She is playing Raina, who is a whip-smart, commodian doctor who works at the top medical field in the Philippines when she meets her Filipino husband. After their son is diagnosed with a rare life-threatening immunodeficiency disorder, she comes to the US for medical treatment to save her son's life. But when the system fails and pushes her into hiding, she refused to be beaten down and marginalised instead she becomes an on-call cleaning lady for the mob while keeping secrets f- from her undocumented sister-in-law and dodging the FBI it sounds like a really interesting idea I, I rather suspect the idea of quote-unquote cleaning lady isn't somebody that turns up and does the dishes for them uh, <laughs> when it's, you're dealing with the mob so uh, yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it's it's written by Miranda Quoke who worked on Spartacus and the 100 being directed by Michael Offer who worked on Homeland The Punisher and Longmire so you know some fairly high-end dramas there Um, I'd like a Elodie Young a lot I think this sounds like it could be quite an interesting action-filled series it's an intriguing idea I think
1: yeah it's got the potential to be good I don't know too much about it yet obviously but uh, we will see when we know more
0: that's one thing they're piloting the second show is called The Big Leap it's actually inspired by a thing called Big Ballet which was a UK reality series about basically taking a bunch of misfits and putting them into a performance of Swam Lake. And that was a reality series. This is a drama which basically takes exactly the same idea, but it's going to be a kind of The Office style thing of sort of fake reality TV. It's written by Liz Heldins, who wrote the passage and deception. It's directed by uh, one of the guys behind Modern Family and Life in Pieces. Good people behind it. The cast is kind of interesting. It has got Matt Lucas as one of the people in the cast. It's got Terry Polo from Good Trouble and Meet the Parents. Scott Foley from was Cavalier and Scandal. A few other people in there as well. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Not really my sort of show, I don't think. But uh, that's called the Big Leap. That's one of the pilots they they're looking at. The next one's called Blood Relative, and this uses genealogy to push the boundaries of forensic science and help identify unknown bodies and track down serial killers. It's based on a article which was about two women who do actually do this in real life. The TV series stars Melissa Leo, who, if you don't know the name and you saw I'm Dying Up Here, she was the comedy club boss in Dying Up Here, but she's been a whole bunch of different things. She was in The Fighter as well. She plays Lou Kelly, who is... Not easy to work with, uh, she has an IQ of 190, she wrote the book on genetic genealogy and can trace anyone if she has a viable tissue sample to play with, from John and Jane Doe's to errant husbands, long lost children, murderers in hiding, anyone with a secret. But she has a habit of burning Bridget as she goes, she's sarcastic, sardonic, irritable and confrontational, she's the smartest person in the room with no time to explain her methodology to her average boat, except for her little brother John. John is played by Tate Donovan who is usually all very watchable uh, he's been in MacGyver most recently he's done everything right he's married his high school sweetheart has two kids he follows in his father's footsteps as expected and is now a detective on the force where his old man is a lieutenant when he's compelled to work on a case with his genius sister little does he know that their unlikely working partnership will bring to the surface demons from long ago John performs a deep dive into their shared past asking questions about their childhood and their father which they won't be able to unask and the idyllic life john has built for himself is threatened to crumble around him so that's the sort of setup there is something very bones about this in this partnership between this very inapproachable scientific person and a cop and in bones it was two separate entities and there was a sort of will they won't they thing with this it's brother and sister but the basic setup is you've got this kind of weird area of science and it was sort of examining the bones with bones with this it's genetic genealogy i think they're kind of pushing this as potentially a, a new kind of version of bones that's what this sounds like to me
1: i've not seen bones myself so i can't right. relate in terms of in terms of that but uh, it sounds like a couple of interesting characters to follow we'll see what this one ends up like
0: I do quite like the sound of this it sounds like it's going to be in that sort of Bones groove of of drama with some comedy sprinkled over the top of it you know Bones castle those sort of slightly lighter end of the drama comedy things. It's written by Chris Leveson who wrote Legends and Tyrant and James Renner who wrote a thing called Catching Salinger Philip Noyce who has directed so many pilots it's it's ridiculous but uh, he he was on Revenge and The Resident and a whole bunch of other things as well so he's a solid pair of hands to do this so that's going to be kind of interesting I think to see whether that pilot goes anywhere. A couple of others you've got uh, a remake of this Country, which is a remake of the BBC series, which I know somebody called Sacrilege when I posted this, uh, which I've not seen the BBC series. I know it's very much beloved. It essentially takes a sort of camera and follows a young group of adults around a sort of very deprived area in the UK. It's a comedy following this this group. This is the same sort of thing, but done in a deprived area in the US. Uh, Sean William Scott, going back to his comedy roots as one of the characters in this, he plays a community leader who is a father figure to uh, Shrub and Kelly, who are the two cousins that are the sort of main lead characters in it. Some people complaining about the fact that this is a remake of a BBC series and it's very much beloved, but I kind of get it. I think you're in a situation where the UK series, I think is probably quite difficult to translate Directly over to the US because it is a very UK based series so I think a US remake if you can get the right cast and right people behind it I think that's fine
1: yeah it just depends how you kind of pulled off I suppose there's been good and bad remakes of certain things um, so it just depends on what they come out with yeah I, suppose. Yeah, I mean yeah. The
0: remakes can be very hit and miss you know for every office which went down incredibly well in the US there is various other remakes that have kind of fallen flat on their face so right, like the in us yeah like the in-betweeners <laughs> that was terrible yeah, so yeah. So Yes, you've got stuff like that. There is a, another show called Pivoting which stars Jennifer Goodwin from Once Upon a Time Eliza Coop from Future Man and Quantico and a third character who is yet to be cast as three women who are smacked in the face with reality after the death of their child or best friend. Realising that life is short in a desperate attempt to find happiness, they make a series of impulsive ill-advised and self-judged decisions strengthening their bond and proving it's never too late to screw up your life I mean, it sounds like a perfectly fun set for a comedy. Again, these sorts of things live or die on the casting and how well it's put together. It has got some interesting people behind it. Liz Astroff, who was one of the people that wrote on uh, Two Broke Girls and The Connors*, and she wrote on King of Queens, and Tristram Shapiro, who directed on Superstore and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is set to direct. Somebody like that directing it, yeah, that sounds good, but it will very much be based around the role and i mean i honestly don't know but that one's called pivoting so mm. we'll see whether that goes anywhere
1: some of these shows can work out fairly well sometimes i mean i'm sensing a little bit of like a good girls type of thing here, probably yeah probably with a bit with a bit of a different sort of obviously, yeah but, more, uh, more
0: comedy comedy, yeah, led, some of think, that comedic comedy kind
1: led. of stuff in there yeah so it could work out
0: and uh, the last one which we mentioned before is currently has the untitles the goonies reenactment project is what it's currently known as hasn't got a proper title yet I, I think this sounds like a wonderfully odd idea for a TV show. It, before people go up, up in arms, it isn't a remake of The Goonies. That's not what they're doing for a TV show. It's about a teacher who returns to her hometown, which is sort of falling apart. And she's a teacher. She finds inspiration and hope and ultimately salvation when she agrees to help three students who are pursuing their filmmaking dreams by putting on an impossibly ambitious shot-for-shot remake of one of the students' favourite movies, The Goonies. So over the course of the season, their passion will inspire the town in a desperate need of hope. This is a love letter to the power of cinema, storytelling and dreams. It comes from Sarah Watson, who was the creator of The Bold Type and Pure Genius with Greg Montola, who was director on the newsroom, Arrested Development and Dave. There is only one bit of casting at the moment. It's Raymond Rodriguez, who was in Iron Fist and The Affair, who plays Jax, who is a local hardware store owner who helps the kids out. supplying them with props and stuff for their filmmaking. I just think this sounds like a really lovely idea for a TV thing, you know? I just, I'm really intrigued by it. I, I'd be very interested to see whether the pilot works and whether it actually moved forward. But yes, I, I rather like this. And I can sort of see that you might do The Goonies for the first one, but then you may do a different film for the second season. So there is sort of legs in moving it forward, I think.
1: Oddly, I've not actually seen The Goonies before, which is oh, something I should, I should yes, correct. Yes, you really uh, should. It is, on, it is on Netflix, so I should, mm. I should go and watch it. That will probably be a classic reviews episode episode one day because that will certainly fit within that so they're basing it around the goonies but not like actually remaking it and doing something else around the film itself which which sounds quite uh, quite a good
0: idea actually yes it's got this kind of lovely nostalgia kind of thing of these kids doing a remake of the goonies as part of the plot of the this sort of thing about you know an inspirational teacher coming out to help a group of kids, basically. Um I rather like the sound of this. It sounds like it could be really fun and and really quite sweet. And we'll have to see whether it works. But that's a really interesting idea for our pilot, I think. So, yes, I mean, out of all those, I think Blood Relative, I quite like the sound of. The Cleaning Lady could be interesting. But that one, that one, I, I really want to see. Just because yeah. I think it sounds a bit weird and wonderful yeah most of them sound pretty good so yeah. we'll see moving on to the last story and we are back to Batman once again they've announced that there is a spin-off to Matt Reeves' The Batman Movie spin-off TV series coming set at Gotham City PD and it's going to be a companion series come from Matt Reeves himself alongside Terrence Winter who was the creator of Boardwalk Empire and wrote on things like The Sopranos and stuff like that so You know, he knows his crime drama... The idea is that it will run alongside the film and sort of expand the universe of it, extend the established world of the movie, explore the compelling and complex characters of Gotham. That is basically what they've said. So we don't really know a whole lot about it other than they are setting it in GCPD and it is going to come from Terrence Winter who wrote the screenplay for Wolf of Wall Street as well was the other thing and the uh, HBO series is vinyl, which was actually quite good despite the fact that it only lasted one season I seem to remember. But uh, Boardwork Empire was great and Sopranos is obviously brilliant so I think you're going to be looking slightly more at maybe the mob side of of Gotham rather than the rather more outlandish villains and, you know but they have done comic books that are related to GCPD I think there was a book called Gotham Central so there is precedent for them doing this sort of thing. But yeah I think as running it as a companion series Series as a TV show companion series to the film, I think, is an intriguing idea.
1: Yeah, it could work out well. You, could this could be like a higher budget, sort of more grounded version of, of Gotham in a certain way, but maybe not introducing like you know the villain the side of things, of not yeah. just focusing on the actual GCPD itself. um Which you know, you put that on HBO Max, you put a bit more budget in there, you kind of ground it a lot. Because let's face it, Gotham got quite crazy, yeah. and uh, you know, sort of make it a bit more realistic, a bit more grounded, and that sort of thing. I think that could uh, work pretty well. Crazy's side to this is some YouTube videos and websites have been actually lying about what this news is and saying that this is a Batman series with Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz what? so even when the actual news is out there about this which is that it's actually a Gotham City PD show and not about Batman itself that, yeah, uh, yeah they, they still find ways to, to lie about things but uh, that's ridiculous. so yeah it's a shame that that's kind of happening so don't obviously listen to uh, to those people but um, yeah. yeah it could work out fairly well. well one kind of question about this I was talking to, to Brad about this the other day, one of my other uh, co-hosts as well, because he's really into like Batman and comic books and DC and that sort of stuff. He reads quite a lot of things. I kind of said about like, okay, if you're going to have it based on the GCPD and when you get to some of the bigger decisions in the show, I wonder how you kind of get around this a little bit without Going to Jim Gordon because well, it, in in the world that it's connected to is obviously going to be played by uh, Jeffrey Wright from from Westworld. Yeah. So I, I kind of wonder how they're going to work that out.
0: Well, I I think he'll probably be there. I rather suspect i mean you know we know jeffrey wright's perfectly happy doing tv particularly hbo shows i right. mean yeah. yes he will have stuff that he's got to do on westworld probably but there is a long gap in between the westworld series so i'm pretty sure you could film bits of this in between and he may be a, a secondary character rather than a primary character on this show you know he might not be one of the leads but i rather suspect he's going to end up making an appearance even if it's just as guest spots or you know i mean are you You may end up with odd bits of Batman in there, even if it's somebody in a suit flying across in the background. It's quite possible. A little bit like
1: Gotham. Yeah, it, in a way.
0: A certain amount of it not having Batman as the main character in there. I think because it's so closely tied to the movie, you could pull people across to the T V show even if it's just for guest spots. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know the film Robert Paterson is playing Batman Bruce Wayne, Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman, Paul Dano is playing Edward Nashton, aka the Riddler, because they changed his name, which I'm not entirely sure why. I know Did they the, oh. yeah, there is a sort of historical reason for okay. that in that he was Edward Nashton originally in the comic books, I believe. And they've gone back to using the original name, probably because Edward Nygdala is a bit on the nose in terms of names. So maybe they just wanted to go back to using the original name. But uh, anyway, Andy Circus is playing Alfred. Then you've got Colleen Farrell as Penguin Cobblepot. I mean, I think characters like Penguin you could use certainly because he's a much more grounded villain yeah. or can yeah. be portrayed as a much more grounded villain in that if you've ever played the Arkham games he's much more of a kind of British mobster than he is the version that we saw in the old Danny DeVito in the movies and stuff you can definitely play it that kind of way and same with Zoe Kravitz as well I mean you know if she's got the time to pop up I mean Catwoman is a fairly straightforward thief so there are ways you could use it and certainly I think that Jeffrey Wright popping up every few episodes wouldn't be a problem
1: you can get away with using Jim Gordon like oh the boss told me this or the boss told me Mm. that kind of thing i just wonder for like some of the bigger parts in, in depending on what exactly they're going to be i just kind of wonder how you do that without him there if you've got like a big season finale moment or something like that maybe, maybe he could I, pop up I or something. Th- yeah i so. think
0: whilst i don't necessarily think he's going to be leading the cast i think he will probably be involved in some way yeah you sort of have to do that and i think he'd be fine with that you know popping up in things like that so mm-hmm. uh the batman the film is due to release at the moment on october 2021 presumably they're going to aim for the TV show coming out about the same time but we don't know
1: Yeah, I, I did see that this TV show is supposed to be a prequel okay. to, to the Batman which would, would kind of make sense hmm. it doesn't matter necessarily but I, I was going to say if you do the TV show before the film that can lead into the film but then you could still do it as like still a prequel anyway I okay. suppose if, even if the film comes out first So I've, I've, we'll
0: not, I've not seen that I mean and this isn't like a, a rumor story either this was an official press release that came from yeah, uh, yeah. HBO Max so you know the the stuff that we know about it i mean we don't know whether we don't know about setting exactly and stuff i mean you know there may be some Mm. things that have leaked out about being prequel but in the official release they don't specifically say what it is going to be other than it's based around the police department so we'll have to wait and see so that's all the news we've got for this week next we've got some highlights for next week on tv Highlights for next week. We have Condor, which returns for season two, which is the spy drama about a CIA analyst who stumbles onto a terrible but brilliant plan that threatens the life of millions. That is back for a second season on the 15th of July on Sky 1. It's one of those shows that I think sounds like it could be quite good, and I never got round to watching it. But... um <laughs> yes, I might go and look at that
1: at some point. So much television. It's yes. Just yeah.
0: uh, Doom <laughs> Patrol. Doom Patrol season two lands on Star's Play on the 16th of July. I'm very much looking forward to that. I really like the first season. It's wonderfully strange and <laughs> really good fun, that. Then you've got NCIS New Orleans season six that lands on Fox on the 17th of July at 8 p.m. So that is back on Netflix on the 17th of July. You also have Cursed, which is this um, retelling of the Arthur legend from the point of view of nimu who's the lady of the lake that comes from frank miller and tom wheeler it's got uh, Catherine langford who is the lead on the first season of 13 reasons why who is playing nimu in it this looks like it could be really good there are trailers floating around for this but that's cursed on netflix on the 17th of july
1: i'm looking forward to it a lot that's kind of crept up on me yeah um because they they showed a trailer a few weeks ago i was like oh it's the 17th of july as ages away and now yeah. it's this week yeah it's
0: so, just flown by yeah yeah no,
1: I don't. yeah but um, no, i'm 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 looking forward to seeing Catherine again in a in a leading role
0: yeah and then lastly we have Absentia which is back for a third season on Amazon Prime on the 17th of July that Castle Stanakate as the FBI agent who vanished while chasing a serial killer and sort of the subsequent seasons have been about her kind of coming back and dealing with that I really like the first season of this I haven't got around to watching the second season yet it's one of those Amazon shows that I just sat there and was like I must go and watch that at some point but now (laughs) things have calmed down a bit it might be one that I actually get to so yeah. um yeah. yes it's uh, going to be back for a third season on the 17th of july on amazon prime that's absentia so that's everything for this week where can people find you if they want to hear more uh entertainment
1: still doing the jim carrey uh, classic review season there's been five episodes so far so already halfway through the season they're all scheduled they're all going to come out on uh, weekly on wednesdays we're not going to say what it is here but me and david have got something cool planned this week that you'll see in the future yes um you'll see what what that is at some point soon and uh, yeah so we're doing other stuff as well on Entertainment Talk uh, lots of gaming stuff happening last of us two review uh, I did do a podcast about a, a Toy Story TV series pitch so uh, that cool. was that was quite fun to do um, and yeah you can find all that on entertainment Twitter is eTalkUK if you want to follow or come and say hi that stuff is cool as well and uh, Manchester United play later if we win we go third in the Premier League so hopefully we do so <laughs> as well season's almost finished there's only three or four games left you mean that Premier League
0: that, that- Liverpool one yeah Um. yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) just gonna put that in a bit Um, okay so if you want to go and find Matt go find him over at entertainmenttalk.org there's lots of stuff over there Bex of course our other co-host you can go and find at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's Bites with a Y and she's streaming pretty much daily and uh, had lots of fun stuff over on there for you to go and watch and uh, watch her play games and stuff you can also find Daryl over on hollywoodnewssource.com as well and uh, go and check out his stuff over there. For us, you can find us on geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektown UK. Everybody stay safe. If you're going out, wear a mask. It's not hard. It's quite easy.
1: And please socially distance. Yes,
0: and keep your socially distance. And we know people can go
1: stay away from me yes in the nicest way
0: yes in the nicest way possible stay the hell away from me Uh, yes so just take care if you're going out wear masks keep distant from people virus is still out there I know things are opening up but the virus is still out there and uh, we want everybody to stay safe have a great week and we will see you next week bye 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 bye